Welcome to this week's version of Borderline Raptors Podcast. Joining me shortly, Kitch, as usual, and now, as always, Aaron Rose, also on the pod this week, where basically we dissect a tough 0-3 stretch, uh, a lot of talk on Pascal, uh, some Grady talk, some definitely Scotty Barnes highlights talk, uh, but just an overall sort of assessment of where the team is four games in. To panic, not to panic, we've got a listener's question, uh, and we really sort of just dissect it, uh, following up into what drives you crazy, uh, and then with a little AOB. So uh, it's a full full pod. This should get the full workout in if you're doing this uh, at the gym. Uh, and as always, if you want to follow us uh, at Borderline Raptors on TikTok, uh, on Instagram, now on X, formerly known as Twitter, we're doing the same game parlay uh, before every game. So there's lots of places to find us. Make sure you like us. Make sure you tell your friends. Uh, since Aaron has joined, we're definitely seeing some uh, some growth. And sorry, and last but not least, a very special guest joining the pod this week uh, for a brand new segment. Uh, and I'm sure it'll be probably the only time we ever do it. But we'll see how that goes. But there's a special guest, so stick around even after AOB. Uh, we've got a special guest for a brand new segment. Here we go with Kitchen Aaron. Kitch, yellow. Well, we'll get to well, well, look at Oakley didn't like that. My dog's barking already at you. Um, we will get back to uh, Vegas in a second. But uh, num- the uh, the next person on the on the pod, the comeback kid, Aaron Rose. Hello. Oh, okay. We'll work on that. Uh, all right, listen, fellas. Uh, it's Halloween. Clearly, uh, the Raptors are up to their old tricks. So we need to dissect. And, and the best we can, Kitch, with the with the theme of being positive throughout the year, and the best that we can, we need to talk about this 03 slide. So here's what we're going to do. Aaron, I'm going to start with you. Oh, as Aaron uh, doesn't, as he robes up, not derobes, he's got his he's got his full Halloween costume coming on here. Uh, Aaron, do you want to tell the audience what you're what you're going at us? I figured I'd dress as the Raptors half court offense <laughs> for today's podcast, so I put on a compost bag. <laughs> for the oh. podcast well composting is actually nicer than garbage you could have said garbage but you said <laughs> composting implies like we can do something with it the future is okay. bright but right now yeah we can sticks. blossom with the, with the compost at some stage <laughs> um all right well listen i'm gonna start with you and here's how we're gonna do this all right three games uh over in, in those three games so you can i want to give me a little bit of your own sort of insights but let's do it in the context of what you liked what you didn't like and what you hated What I liked, I like that Scotty Barnes, Dave, you might be bang on with some of your Scotty Barnes optimism. So Scotty Barnes. Wait, wait. I had it too. I had it too. Don't just say Dave. Don't just kiss up to the piece. You didn't have it. We we play the tape. You did not have it like I did. I was on it. Play it back. I'm throwing the red flag. I was also in on 82 wins. So I would uh, temper my, my predictions. So Scotty Barnes has looked really impressive. And some of those numbers that I thought were maybe pretty unlikely might be somewhat more realistic. So Scotty Barnes, with the exception of some turnovers and some costly turnovers, but we're trying to stay positive here, has looked really, really good to start the season. What was the next one? What I what don't didn't like, like so much. Yeah, what you didn't like. I would say I don't like the way Pascal Siakam's being used. It's a little up and down. Eight shots the other night, and he still seems to not be finding his groove 
with this team right now. And we might have to have a discussion at some point this season. I'm sure we will have it a few times about the fit for him on this team in the future. And then the last one was what I hate. And I think my Halloween costume should give that away. But I hate this team's half-court offense. (laughs) It is atrocious. It is the worst in the NBA. And it's not particularly close. Statistically, it's the worst in the NBA. It is worse, worse, excuse me, than the tanking Portland Trailblazers, who the Raptors just lost to. At home. So what I hate is this rap on the second night of a back-to-back for Portland without their best offensive player. What I hate is this Raptors half-court offense for the third straight year. Listen, lots, lots there. We'll come back to it. Uh, Kitch, I'm going to, I'm going to throw to you. Uh, and, and Scotty, Scotty for sure. Loving Scotty. I, I, I think. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay. Let's trade the whole team and just keep Scotty and just, just start again, start again with Scotty, let him build new teams. So I, yeah, oh, excuse me. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Grady Dick. We're not trading him. He's untradeable. <laughs> uh, disappointment. My mind falls the same goes to Siakam. I, I just still don't think he looks engaged. Like uh, you, uh, um, you say he's, he's lost it there. There's only one guy different. Like it's Schroeder's the only guy. So you put Schroeder for Van Fleet. That's pretty much the same roster as last year. And uh, why is he not? Why is he not synergize, synergizing with these guys? Like I think, uh, I just don't feel like he's got the the drive to succeed this year, which is crazy because he can get paid very well if he does. But that's it. And what what I hate did did we work? Did, did anybody work on shooting in the off season? Did anybody on our team work on shooting shots in the off season? Like four for twenty nine from three last night. Just think of that four for 29. That's horrific. So that, that is, that is driving me crazy. That not drives you crazy. It's what you hate it. Yeah, oh yeah. It's, that's a different, it's a whole other segment. We've been doing it for four years. Well, uh, what was this one called? <laughs> like, didn't like hate. All right. So listen, oh, I'm with you. I went to you on Barnes, but I'm going to take a slightly different uh, approach on what I like. I mean, I like Grady Dick last two games. I mean, he's not, he was two for seven last night, uh, but six rebounds. Uh, his energy was awesome. I thought uh, one of the two guys who looked like he gave, well, one of the three guys who looked like they gave a shit out there. I will, I will give Dennis Schroeder a lot of credit for looking like he gives a shit. Um, he's usually the first guy up on the bench when something's good happen when he's on the court. So I like Dennis. I like Grady and obviously Scotty. Those are the things that I would, I would take away right now that there's, there's signs of life there. Uh, and Scotty, we're going to get to a little bit, uh, a little bit later in, in a deeper sort of uh, discussion on where he's at his most improved odds. So we'll come back to that. Listen, what I don't like, what I don't like is Masai Ujiri. I, I just, I just, yeah. I mean, there, there's, and that's too easy. Uh, and we can, we can dive into that. Maybe we will. Uh, but I'm going to go specifically to roster construction, which uh, Kitch maybe goes to um, what you were talking about a little bit earlier. And then what I hate, I'm telling you what I'm going to hate. And it's maybe a combination of how we're using him, but I am hating on Pascal Siakam right now. Because, sure, maybe we're not using him properly, but, man, his effort out there looks meager. Okay, I need to jump in here. He's played really well defensively. So he's engaged defensively. It's the offense, and I'm not sure how much of that is his offense or him changing to this new offensive system. But i got to stand up for his defense. He's certainly engaged on the defensive end. First of all. Um, I appreciate I appreciate the uh, sticking up for your guy, uh, your your all star. I, I you got to do it. Um, however, I wasn't done, but that's okay. 
Because <laughs> maybe I was going to get to his defense. I wasn't actually going to get to his defense because I'm just talking about this from a pure overall. It's it's his vibe. It's 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 like we talked about his his uh, his body language. I mean, eight shots, eight shots against Philly. I mean, it's almost like he's saying, "Fine, you want to run the offense this way, then this is how we'll do it." Right? A um, little more assertive last night, but it. Listen. I was going to get to this at some point. I might as well get to it right now. I think he cost us the Chicago game. And let me tell you why. And there are a lot of things that could have cost us the Chicago game. I know the, I know the, um, uh, the Boucher idiotic foul. Those are obvious. But we've got the ball. We are up to. Our best player has the ball in a one-on-one scenario. He goes to the right like he does every single time. Easily stripped by Caruso. Easily stripped by Caruso. So it's a bad turnover late in the game. And, but here's the issue. What does he do? He takes the foul line to our to his own end basket on a on a straight line, right? What does Crusoe do? Crusoe steals the ball, gives it up, and immediately flies to the corner three. Siakam, if you watch the replay, you can see Siakam jogging back straight beeline towards underneath our basket. He has to see Caruso because Crusoe's flying by him and he has to chase him. And I don't even care if he gets there or not, but he's got to show all out effort. You just turn the ball over. You just turn the ball over. That is generally speaking. I was raised in a basketball environment. When you fuck up, you hustle up. And he is the exact opposite of that. So I that's why I'm hating on him. I just there's nothing about him that I'm that I'm comfortable with right now. So listen, Aaron, I'm gonna give you a chance to now break that down, but that's where I'm at. The whole vibe talk around Pascal Siakam is getting a little tiring. And I've myself asked him about that and i think he's tired of it this team is not winning right now and you can understand and frankly you can hope that that's probably the reason why the energy and the positivity is waning i think it's going to be tough for pascal this year for as long as he's on the raptors this season to adopt to adapt excuse me to this new offensive system and as we were told to expect it would be rough to start the year uh, especially for the players who are accustomed to getting the ball a certain way. So I think that's why Pascal is struggling. And you'll see he's going to have, not that I expect him to have a lot of eight field goal attempt nights, but you'll have some nights where he's, you're like, what is going on here? And then the next night, I think he had 21 shots. So it, it'll be a little inconsistent. In terms of that Chicago game, that was a disaster. <laughs> there was plenty of blame to go around. Guys could not inbound the ball, the bench, Maybe Nick Nurse knew what he was doing when he kept a few of those bench guys on the bench and played a seven-man rotation because the bench cost that team the game. An inability to inbound the ball cost that team the game. Some crucial turnovers, including one from Scotty Barnes, who was otherwise fantastic in that game, but I think he had like, I want to say seven turnovers or six six. turnovers, but far too many turnovers. And, and And he owned that after the game, so kudos to him for that. You have him jumping into DeMar DeRozan and rule number one to defending DeMar DeRozan is don't jump. And we had well, the Raptors had two guys who did that. Especially so plenty of blame to especially go. Especially we just saw it ten seconds before from his uh, teammate do it. So yeah, maybe maybe don't go for the ball fake on the only thing the guy's got left in his game. Yeah. From three. He doesn't even make well, threes. Yeah, listen. But what like uh, but, but just following to that, what what drove me crazy more Jesus. is Boucher made he made a shot. He, and he came down, and Schroeder ended up um, breaking down the def- breaking down the defense, and threw a little dish to him, and 
and uh, Boucher put in a bunny layup, and he ran to center court, like pounding his chest, looking at me. I'm like, Boucher, it was a bunny layup. Schroeder did all the work. How about how about you go to your teammate and say, "Hey, good pass, buddy," and and it just it just reeked of the individualism that this team that this team stinks up. I think. Yeah, you know that's a big that's a I'll get listen, Aaron. You haven't been on the pod uh, that long, but I'll give you what it is a consistent theme with Kitch. If you don't high five your players after you do something well, he does not like that. He's not like that. I don't yeah, think it applies. I don't think it applies in every situation, but you really that really bothers you. You must have been a great teammate on the uh, McMaster volleyball team. Volleyball. I, yeah, I would, I would, well, I would, I would high five everybody. I was I like was, from the court, or were you, were you uh, from the bench? The end of the bench, oh, the end of the bench. Put my hand. Just, came over just full context, full context. Um, all right. Well, listen. Uh, let's try and focus a little bit here on the positives. Uh, and it's tough to do that in 03, especially when you lose to maybe the worst team in the league uh, at, at home. But do you see any light at the end of the tunnel with this current roster? Like, is there anything that you're sitting there going, okay, well, it's just, you know, it's growing pains. Uh, they're going to figure out the offense there. Uh, it's just, this is just a, a moment in time. Like, do you, or are you sitting there going, this is it. This is a little four game stretch of the microcosm of who we are going to be for the entire season if, season. If this roster stays as it is, Aaron. Listen, we talked about Scotty Barn taking what looks to be a step forward. And I think if this is the direction that the team's going to go, then they should lean into that. And the Portland Trailblazers did it last season where they said, we're okay not winning games. Let's tank for a top pick and let's hand the ball to these young guys, Shaden Sharp being one of them. And I asked, asked Chauncey Billups about that. And he said it builds confidence because you're allowed to play through your mistakes when you get those reps and you might not be winning games, but at least you're learning from your mistakes and sort of building confidence because you're taking whatever it is, 20 shots a night because there's no because there's no Dame Lillard around to take those shots. So you could lean even more into Scotty Barnes. And as you mentioned, Grady Dick, uh, after a rough sort of first two games, he's looked pretty good and he's become a bigger part of this second unit. And I think if you sort of were drawing up two basketball players that would play well beside each other, it would be a guy like Scotty who can pass really well, who can get into the paint really well, who can get those paint touches and get downhill and can make great kickout passes to a guy like Grady Dick, who's going to hit his shots at a really high level. And that's not going to be pretty this season all the time. But if you're looking for what is exciting about this future, it's those two guys fit really well. They're young and they can develop for the future. And you might have a top six pick this year. Well, I was just going to say, based on that rationale, you're almost saying that the words that Deno said in the chat group. You're almost saying it. Do you, I don't hear? I'm not sure. I'm not sure you're ready to say it. But Kitch, are you ready to say it? I, I. Oh, said you said it. it. Yeah, I you said, said it. it. Blow it up. <laughs> you guys scoffed. You guys this scoffed at me when I said. You guys scoffed at me when I said we could be one of the four worst teams in the league. You guys said there's no way we'll be one of the four worst teams. Go for that draft pick. Build your build your youth. This is a microcosm of what our season is going to be like. I think Bart. I think we're going to have. I think we're going to be in four game stance. We're going to be one and three for most of the season. And and I don't want I don't want Scotty and Grady. Like I I think the problem with this team now is they 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 played the way they did the last couple of years, and they're very sort of set in the way they play. Like it's hard to change the way you played if you've done it for a couple of years. And and I don't want Scotty and Grady to get sort of sucked into that uh I would say the 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 style of play that's that's brought on this dismay. So I'm happy to run with the young guys and and rebuild this thing around Scotty and make him your key guy 
and let him know he's the, he's the leader out there and give him guys that want to play with him, that are excited to play with him, that have the energy to play with him. And, uh, and I, I think it's a better, it's a better product for us to watch. Too. So listen, I, I'm not in, I'm not quite there in blow it up mode just yet. Clear. That's been my mantra for maybe two years now. Uh, but I think if we're a year late, if we're, if we're already into blowing it up. So that, that bothers me, um, which is a whole other set of issues. I mean, we're four games in, uh, you know, Aaron, I'm going to ask you this cause I think you're probably a little closer to the most and you, and you have the, you, you have the, uh, the costume to support it, but the half court <laughs> offense, I agree. It's dodgy at best. However, is it a growing pain? Like, you you had a clip on your on your feed uh, earlier about how hey we're we're playing the we're playing the five offense but hey look what happens here in some of these games where Scotty kind of takes over and it's not that offense he's sort of back to the one on one ball even though he's hitting his shots that sort of thing like is there a chance this is just we're still trying to get to figure this thing out so and the old habits are still dying hard right like is there a chance that this is going to get ironed out I mean we're four games in. I'm not saying I'm loving what Darko's doing. I'm just saying it might be a little early to say this offense is going to be horrible long-term because it's four games in. I asked Pascal sort of that okay. question today. Like, how are you guys still buying in to the idea that this offense is going to save you when the early returns have not been impressive, Ooh. to say the least? And he looked at me like he was offended by the question and basically was like, we're four games into the season, dude. Relax. But I would say that this team leads the NBA right now in passes per game. So if goal was ball movement, then they've achieved that goal. But the problem is they're not creating advantages. They're just passing the ball back and forth for the most part, sort of around the perimeter and not getting paint touches and not getting by guys to extend advantages. The idea of this offense is get a small advantage, pass it, pass it, pass it, and keep getting bigger advantages. But the problem is this team doesn't have great shooters and doesn't have great guys who can create advantages. And my problem with this team is that this team is going on three years with a roster that has been among the worst in the league in shooting and in half-court offense. And as you said, the change that they made this year was they fired the coach. They sort of left the starting point guard leave. He walked, whatever you want to say that situation was. But they didn't improve the shooting. And they didn't fix the backup point guard problem. And what do they say? The definition of insanity is keep trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Well, maybe it wasn't the head coach's fault uh, that this team didn't have bench in, a bench unit that could you know, save them a few minutes. And maybe it wasn't the head coach's fault that this team couldn't shoot. And he had to come up with a game plan that would work for the roster he had. And when I look at this roster as like a ball movement and shooting team, that doesn't make sense as the game plan for this roster. So either change the game plan or change the roster. And at this point, I think you got to change well, the roster. Listen, they just changed the game plan, right? I mean, it's the brand new offense. All right, let's let's wrap up the pod. That was good. That was, <laughs> yeah, good. I that was, that was and just just so everybody knows, I was Aaron being irate. Like Aaron, Aaron is Aaron. That's Aaron being serious. Well, you know what? Let's hope let's hope Masai never hears any Aaron's takes. Yeah, we know <laughs> he, we know he doesn't like that. But to your point, I mean. We are changing the system, but we're doing it with the same players and they are putting in an offense and you're right. I don't know if I'd, I'd broken it down quite like that, but they put it, they've changed an offense where you're asking where, or where you want either great shooters or great one-on-one -on -one, uh, mismatch players, right? Guys that can easily take advantage uh, of a great mismatch, which to your point, we don't have a lot of those guys. Siakam Barnes may probably being the only two. Right, that can that can really take advantage of a, mis, a mismatch and quickly, 
right? Quick decisions and get to the basket. Like we have a real problem getting to the basket again. To your point about the passing, I mean, last night was a pretty good example. Lots of passes, but oh my God, it, was, it looked like a high school team with the perimeter, right? It was just, it was, everything was around the three-point line with very little movement happening. It's just, you're just literally passing the ball. But, but all that being said, we talk about the shooting. They shot 53% from three against Philly. They shot 40% for, from three uh, against Chicago. Last night was a disaster, but last night they also got killed on the boards. I think we were minus 13 uh, and gave up 13 offensive rebounds. So you can't not shoot it and get killed on the boards and ever expect to win a basketball game. So I, I think the shooting obviously clearly an issue, but I also think our size and our inability to have like, how many games are we going to win the rebounding battle this year? It's based on, sorry, but, but you're telling me that this team has a size issue in, in, in at the center position and they can't shoot. We've been doing this for three years. I agree. I, I agree. Like I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm not arguing. I'm not defending. Uh, and I'm. You know. And I'm hardly one to talk about size. Uh, however, what's the fix? Right. The fix is then we're going back to kitsch. It's we're going to blow it up. We're going to blow it up right now, which is going to drive me insane because it is a year late. Yeah, but I, you know what? I think I'm going to enjoy the product better. I think I'm actually going to enjoy it like, because I'm not expecting anything. If, if I had a team where I wasn't expecting anything, but I could see a path to the future, I'm okay with that. I, I don't, I just do not see a path to the future with our current roster and break up, break, breakdown. Yeah. I mean, I want to, I really do want to, I'd like to be competitive. I just, I, I think the problem with the blow it up is buck. We are going to be bad for a long time because we have uh, some draft pick issues. This apparently is not even a great draft. So if we are in the top six, I mean, what are we, what are we going to get out of that? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Aaron, if you had to blow it up right now, would you, what, when would you start? Well, the problem is the Raptors have all these guys heading to free agency and you're not, you're not going to make a trade with the exception of a James Harden deal. And that situation was sort of its own situation, but you're not going to make a trade on October 31st and you're not going to make a trade in November or December and probably not January. So this organization wanted to take a patient approach and in some ways, it makes sense. They wanted to see how these guys would look in this new system. And again, we've talked about that so far, statistically speaking, they're the worst half-court offense in the NBA. You can't argue with that. But it is four games to the season. And Darko said, it's going to be rough to start the year. So we can't say this was unexpected. So let's see what it's like at the 10-game mark, the 20-game mark, the 30-game mark. And if it continues to look like this, and it's, again, three years going on with a very similar roster, so you can't entirely expect things to change significantly. But then you start talking about which pieces can be traded, and you're looking at guys like OG Ananobi, whose name has already come up as a potential target of the Philadelphia 76ers, who are now going to be looking to make another trade after the James Harden deal. You look at Pascal Siakam, although that's a difficult trade to make in season because of the way he fits on a team, because of the size of his contract. That is another team. This isn't just a guy who's going to stand in the corner and hit shots the way OG does, or, or at the top of the arc and hit shots as OG likes to think he does. This is a guy who you have to incorporate into the offense. And it's tough to do that with whatever it is, 30 games to go in the season. But you're looking at those two guys and you're looking at Gary Trent Jr. who has struggled to start the year off the bench. And those are the three guys that if you're looking to move, but this team just committed to a 29 year old center. I think Yaka Pertle's 29. It just committed to a 30 year old point guard in free agency. So this team didn't set itself up to say, okay, 
we're going to look younger right now. They just committed to two guys who are sort of in their late twenties and early thirties to be with this group for at least sort of the next three years. So the, again, they've put themselves in a, in a weird spot moving forward. All right. Well, Kitch, listen, I'm going to, we're going to jump right in here to, I forgot that we have, uh, we have another question from our listener. So it's very timely. It is listener Brock once again. However, this is based on that comment. Uh, here we go. Listener Brock question of the week. Are we destroying Pascal's trade value? Are we, or is he destroying well, himself? Well, a combination of. Well, it might be 50-50. Yeah, yeah it might be 50-50, but yeah, I, we we are. He's like, if he, is, he has been under, so I you know we like to gamble a little bit. He's been under every game. He's never hit the number that the Vegas odds have said he should hit in points per game. He's been under every single game he's played. And so he's underachieving from what people are expecting from him. Well, if you're underachieving, you don't always get top dollar when you are looking to be moved. So, yeah, if we want to move him, we want to, we want to get more out of him than this to 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 market it. So, 100%, Brock, we are we are we are diminishing his value with this offense. And I still think I'm against Aaron's thoughts. I still think his uh, his motivation or uh, or or passion. But Aaron, follow up on that. So, are we ruining his trade value? And have we already? completely diminished it by having him uh you know an, as an unrestricted free agent where you you're probably limiting the number of teams you can trade him to because the only teams that were on trade for him ones that would re-sign him like you're not going to move him to charlotte and get a bunch of picks backs or anything like that so like we probably are in the process of of devaluing him but do you think if it continues like this like are we is he is he like a 50 cents on the dollar kind of guy as opposed to being a 70 cents on the dollar kind of guy so, so there's a couple of things here. First of all, if this was game 30 and Pascal Siakam had four rough games, we probably wouldn't be talking about this the way we are now. It has to do with the fact that the, the whole sample size of Pascal Siakam sort of inconsistencies or whatever to start the year is that that they're at the start of the year. So I don't expect Pascal to be some like role player for the Raptors this year. He's still going uh-huh. to be either the guy or the number two guy on this team, but at a very listen, high level. Let go, let go, listen, so let, I go, expect... let go of the all-star thing. That died. All right, that's dead. You're way off on that one. Just let it go. Don't try and protect it. You can't save him. Uh, he will get better is what I'm trying to say. That if this, that this is not going to be Pascal Siakam for the full year. That said, his minutes are coming down from right where down. they were last year as you had to expect they would in a non-Nick Nurse run team. His shot attempts obviously have come down a little bit. And as he gets closer to free agency, this isn't a guy that you necessarily have for the whole season. Now you're talking about a guy you only have for a few months. And we saw last offseason, this past summer, that he exercised some agency over where he wanted to be traded. Reports were coming out that if he only wanted to tra- or sign with the Raptors, and if so, when this team traded for him, he wasn't interested in going there. And... If you're a player, certainly a player at that level, you're entitled to do that, right? The Raptors can trade you wherever they want, but you're allowed to say, I don't want to go there. Well, but don't forget. And he's entitled to do that again, and that could screw up uh, the Raptors' trade value for him at some point. But don't, that's a really smart thing for him to say, too, by the way. I would always want to tell the team who could resign me for the most amount of money, I don't want to go anywhere. I mean, that's smart. I'm not saying it was a marketing move, right? I'm not, uh, But I'm saying that's a, that's an intelligent thing to put out there for a lot of different reasons, because obviously he'd move if, if, uh, if he had to, but that, that's a good, that's a good thing to say because it puts the, you have leverage at that stage, right? Cause Robert's thinking, you need to do that sort of thing. Um, all right. Second part of Brock's question. I'm going back to Aaron first. Then you catch. 
if this four game stretch were to continue, let's say for another couple of weeks, like the similar sort of similar, similar sort of stuff, right? Stats, uh, shot attempts, whatever you want to call it. How long before Pascal becomes an openly disgruntled Toronto Raptors? If he becomes an openly disgruntled Toronto Raptor. Yeah. Like I don't expect him in two weeks to start getting in fights with Darko or, or getting in fights with anyone. I think that you'll see in his media availabilities, he's going to be shorter with the media, but I don't think fans really care about that. But I think that as he was last year, like losing sucks. And he's talked about yeah. that. And for all the talk that we've had about positive vibes and positive energy, Pascal has been the one guy who's like, it sucks losing and vibes are good when you win and vibes are bad when you lose. And I think if this team is losing three out of every four games, everyone's going to be upset. And that might wear on some guys more than other guys. And I think Pascal will wear his emotions in that respect more than other guys. But I don't expect in like three weeks, Pascal Siakam's going to demand a trade. And again, if he did, it's like with the exception of this James Harden situation, trades just aren't made in October, November, December. So we've still we can talk about trades, and that's what people like to talk about. But we're a long way away from the trade deadline. Kitch, does he become disgruntled in the near future? I I think he already is personally. I think he is already disgruntled. I think he is. I think the reason we bring this up and we talk about his body language and his demeanor is I think he's he's actually already already disgruntled. So I think I think we're there with him. I just don't think I don't think he's bought into this new team and new offense and, and, and new role. Well, listen, I, I don't have enough data points to suggest that you're wrong, but I will say like last night, I do, I do try and focus on him as much as I possibly can. But last night, at the end of the game, pretty good example, which I was surprised he did it. Like he was the only rapid sort of stood, uh, stood around, made sure he high, he high five, low fived everybody, all his teammates coming off the court. Right. Like he sort of like, it wasn't like he just stormed off and pout. like, he, so that was like, I was like, Oh, okay. But now I might be looking, I might be too sensitive and looking for way too for anything uh, good or bad, but I thought that was decent. Um, Aaron, I mean, you, you, did you talk to him today? Was that your question today to him about the whole? Yep. Yep. I mean, the, it's been, it's only been four games, dude. Chill out. Like, I mean, I guess that's what you want to hear from him. Right. I guess. It's a fair response. Yeah, it is. It's totally legit. I mean, we're talking about a four game stretch because it's the only four game stretch that we have and we have to be somewhat topical. So, uh, yeah, we might be, we, well, we are overreacting. We're overreacting to, or may, and perhaps in some situations we're underreacting, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know what the jury's out on Pascal, I guess for me on this one. Um, all right, listen, w one other area we need to talk about because it's disturbing and we haven't even mentioned his name yet, which I guess is pretty sad. Gary, Gary Trent Jr. I mean, it's, it's looking rough at the moment. And then I'm going to, I'm going to ask you on top of that. I mean, how long before Grady Dick has most of his minutes? It's not happening soon. They're, they're not going to put Grady Dick over top of Gary Trent Jr. I guess, when does that happen? Maybe that happens on whatever it is, February 9th, when Gary's oh. not with this team, if that's the situation, but I don't see Grady Dick taking over Gary Trent Jr.'s minutes anytime soon. Now it's interesting. And Darko was asked about this today. Two questions that I found interesting, actually. First of all, Gary has always been better as a starter than coming off the bench. And Darko said that part of that is playing with a starting caliber point guard, that Gary's minutes are coming with a less than stellar backup point guard, as opposed to a starting point guard, who's sort of a starting level point guard in the NBA. So I think 
that is something Gary needs. Guys aren't getting him shots in the positions that he necessarily needs to be in. And when you are a sort of streaky player, then you're going to be streaky. And we've seen Gary, I want to say two seasons ago, where he was like 20 points, 30 points every single night for like a week or two. And then we've seen him where it's like kind of like this. And if this was happening in the middle of December, we wouldn't be talking about it the same way. So I think that he's going to be streaky. And then Darko said something that I thought Darko likes to make jokes. And this might have been a joke, but it kind of landed flat. But he sort of said something like, well, I'm not the one out there making passes. So I can't really talk about why Gary uh, isn't getting the shots. Like guys have to get in the spots and it's not me making those passes. So that was a little concerning. I guess he's frustrated with the way that the team is getting Gary. That is, that's like the whole Wayne Gretzky, go ask my wife about her gambling problem when that happened at the Olympics. That is that, yeah, that, Aaron, that might be before your time. You may not know that reference, but that is a total Gretzky, go ask my wife about her gambling problem. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I don't think that's great. And he had a short hook on him last night in the second half. Like Gary got his four minutes and he was out and never saw the floor again. And Grady got a, a bunch of those minutes. So, I mean, that I think it's definitely a storyline to, to keep track of. Kitch, Gary, do you have anything good to say about Gary? Uh, yeah, so Gary, uh, well, he, he was 42% um, against Chicago and 37% against Philly. So not horrible shooting percentages in those two games. Yeah, last last night. So he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't terrible statistic wise, 17 points, 16 points. Um you know, I I like I still have faith in I still have faith in Gary. I, I still think Ooh. he he's a guy that can make a difference for us. I I I I think open like I just he's a guy I think can make an open shot. Streaky, right? But when he's hot, he can make a lot of open shots. We don't have a lot of those guys, so I'm okay. I'm okay riding with them. And and I would say his stats haven't been horrible. Last night's stats stat was terrible, but last night being the Portland game. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um yeah. so yeah, listen, I'm worried, I'm concerned. But Aaron, last question for you on, on this subject matter. Are you ready four games in to see the light on Grady Dick? That he will be a rotation player for this team, probably for the foreseeable I, I'm going to say, unless it goes horribly wrong for him, he's going to be in the rotation the next 10 games in some meaningful way. Are you ready to, to buy into that? Yeah. You, you're right. He, he seems to that? be a rotation player. And the Raptors, after the first game of the season, I think he played two minutes. And then the next one, he might have played like six yeah. minutes. But now he's like, you know, was in crunch time for the Raptors against Portland. And I want to say he was in crunch time the other night against uh, well, Philadelphia. He so he's getting you know, not just rotation minutes, but like kind of important rotation minutes. And especially if this season continues going in the direction it has gone so far, you would imagine that they would increasingly pivot in that direction. So uh, my prediction of Grady being one of the disappointments for this team this year, because I thought expectations would be high, I can own when I'm wrong. And so far, that has been an incorrect take. And, And to give credit where credit's due, Yaka Pirtle has struggled a oh. little bit. And in terms of early season disappointments, uh, he has been one of well, those guys. But you know what? You're right. We haven't even touched on Yak, but you're absolutely right about him. But can I also say one thing, Kitch, about Grady? I think it's also invaluable that at the fourth game of the season, he's already learned where he can and cannot attempt a dunk from. That is very, very important in a young, a young kid's career. I don't know where he thought he was taken off from last uh, against Portland last night when he. I mean, 
They say he got blocked. He was never dunking that basketball. If that was uncontested, he's not dunking that basketball. But other than that, hugely impressed with his effort last night. Uh, yeah, see, so was Oakley. Um, and I think, I think everything is positive about him right now. Oh, yes. Yeah. I got nothing. I got that's I, I beautiful like, insight like as always. Yeah. I got nothing. I got nothing to add. You guys covered it. What else? You, what else? You what? What's All my right. question? Well, I'm just saying. I was. I'm, give me. Give me some Grady feedback. Yeah. Other than yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. He's, he's good. I, I said before, Scotty and Grady build around those two guys. That's our future. All right. Uh, listen. Anything else? In, do we want to go into Yak at all? Uh, you want to? Do you want a thirty second spiel on Yak, Aaron? Because we have done. We haven't talked about well, him in four games, basically, which is a problem. It's a couple of things. Number one is he was dealing with an illness, let's call it. And sometimes that illness might have issues coming back from that we've seen over the past couple of years. So I wonder if those are lingering side effects he's had from that you illness. Think, do we know what the illness one. is? Is there any chance it's uh, he feels sick about the contract he signed? Because he doesn't like to steal. I do, I, I do not think okay. it's that. I think maybe if if there was any sickness, it would be about the trade the Raptors made. But I don't think a Yaka Pertle would be sick okay. about that. I think that I think that he he might be coming back from missing some time in the preseason and that illness. And then the other thing is, it's concerning that the Raptors have not always been able to trust him in crunch time, and that was something that I talked about being. A worry is that if this is a guy you want to run more of the offense through, well, what's going to happen in crunch time when you have to run the half-court offense and the guy that you want to run it through, in part, can't be on the court? And Masai Ujiri said when they traded a first-round pick, that might be the seventh pick in the draft, for Jakob Pertl, that this guy was a top-10 center in the NBA. And I haven't put together my list. But if he is in the top 10, he's probably closer to 10. Oh. And he might be closer to like 15 than he is to 10. I see him sort of as like an 11 through 20 guy. Now, that's a league average starting center. But this isn't a guy who can space the floor very well. When he comes off the court, the Raptors rebounding falls apart. So I think he's really important to that. And he's a good passer. We haven't seen a lot of that so far this year. But he's a limited player and i'm not sure that as the nba increasingly goes toward these like crazy centers the chet holmgrams of the nba the victor Wembanyamas in the nba guys who are shooting threes and versatile and can do all these things he sort of seems like a dinosaur uh, as a traditional old-fashioned uh center and some concerns to start the year. So for Kitch, Yak. are you disturbed by the fact that it's been four games? And honestly, I can't even remember a meaningful yak moment. I can't even remember. Like there, there are stretches out there where he's actually on the floor and you're kind of like, you don't even know he's on the floor. Like I, I, to me, it's just been, it's been a really, really bad start for him. And to Aaron's point, yeah. holy you know shit, is he archaic as far as the type of center that, that yeah. the NBA is going with? I, I don't like, I really don't enjoy truthful Aaron when he tells the truth like this. It kind of, kind of hurts. I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy truthful air and it's, it's, it hurt, it's hurting me. The, uh, the, uh, the, he has been, he has been a total disappointment. Like it's just, and I, and I thought like I, he was my most disimproved player that we had to get the year. And, uh, he, he, I just don't, he, he's not the new basketball. No, he is not what basketball is about now. He's, he's old school basketball. If you're old school basketball, you better be, be pretty damn good at it. JV, I thought was pretty decent at it, but, Pirtle, I, he just doesn't he does he doesn't have the skill set for new basketball. Good passer, good rebounder, but you need to shoot. You need to be able to make a shot. 
you need to create a shot and he just doesn't have the ability. Okay. To homework assignment for next week's, next week's pod. We're all coming with our top 10 center list. And I don't, I'm telling you right now, there, I, I'd be shocked if he's 10th. I would be shocked if he's 10th. Oh, I'd be closer to 20. I would say. Oh, well, okay. Well, do, how about this? Do your top 10 the most, and then give the number you think Pirtle is. He's 12. He's 14, 18. We'll do that. All right. All right. Listen, anything else Raptorville wise? I think we've covered it. Um, well, listen, Aaron, one more thing. The OG rumor that came out today was four games in, so we just talked about how they want to be patient. And that's pretty quick from, the, from a rumor perspective. Do you think that's Philly side? Do you think that has any chance that rumor is coming our side? So I think there's a couple of things with that. It's either coming from Philly or it's coming from Chris Mannix was the guy who reported that from SI, and he just reported that like OG Ananobi and Zach Levine's name have already been floated as potential trade targets for the 76ers. And we've already talked about how I don't think Joel Embiid looks at that 2028 first round pick and is like, wow, I'm so excited for the seventh grader we're going to get in 2028. <laughs> so they're obviously gearing up to make another trade. They got all those contracts and it's like, who are they going to trade for? Well, right now you look around, they're probably not going to trade for Carl Anthony Towns. They don't need both of those guys. They could use a guy like OG Ananobi. They could use a guy like Zach Levine. And for for three years or whatever, we've been talking about, is it time for the Raptors to move OG Ananobi? So we've ha heard that rumor for years now. We've only got closer to his free agency. So it makes sense that he would be a name being mentioned. I don't know if that's being mentioned from Philadelphia directly or if that's just like some random executive from a random team being like, keep an eye on OG Ananobi for the Philadelphia 76ers. What I don't expect is the Raptors have leaked that saying like, we're already interested in trading OG Ananobi on Halloween. All right. We'll go with that. I can tell you, I can tell you too, things are getting a lot better in the near term here. Like we, we have Milwaukee on Wednesday and then a back to back with Philly on Thursday. Yeah. The, like, so this is our second back to back against Philly. Who was the schedule? No, not second back to back. It was Philly. No, we've only played Philly once. We had Philly in a back. No, we had Philly in a back to back before. Oh, what? Didn't we? Oh, I thought you meant back to back playing yeah. Philly twice, two times around. No, you mean just in a, yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the back end of a back to back. We've had Philly yeah. twice, twice now in in six. But but days. It, but if you're going to complain about losing on the second half of the back to back, then you also have to win when you play other teams when they're At on home. the second night of a back to back. Yeah. yeah. And if you can't do that, it's like when people complain about injuries. Oh, well, the Raptors were without Precious Achua. Well, Portland was without Anthony Simons. So, like, you can't complain necessarily about back-to-backs because those things, generally speaking, come out in the wash. Well, and injuries, yeah. generally speaking, come out in the wash. I agree, but I can't wait. I can't believe that already this team's only going to win 36 games, and I'm going to have to look back to Chicago and Portland, games two and four of the season. That's the reason why I didn't win my overbet. So that's that's disappointing. I already know. Gosh, I already know the games that cost us. Cash over 25 cents in the dollar. <laughs> oh my God. I don't now. think I can get it. I don't think I get it. All right, listen, that's it's uh, a good, I think it's, I think we've done everything we can with the Raptors four games in. So why don't we, uh, why don't we take it to what drives? We'll do a little AOB uh, and then we'll, we'll, I'll let you guys go before I go into the last segment of this week's pod, which you guys don't even know about yet. So it's a big surprise. Uh, Kit, you want to start us off with AOB? I know you, you were itching on WhatsApp. To, to get your AOB. Oh my God. I, had, I got a whole, I got a whole, I got a whole rack of them. Well, can I do three? No, we're going to limit it to two. Two, two quick two. ones. And, right, you're, and so. you're going to do it close to the mic. So I go to the, uh, I, I go to check in um, yesterday at uh, the airport and I'm scrambling. So I'm in, I'm in Fort Myers and I'm going to the airport in Fort Myers and I got a quick turnaround. So I hit, I head to the gate and I, and I, 
I'm flying business class. I don't have any luggage. So I get there. It's uh, 40, 43 minutes before the flight. I get to the gate. And I go, yeah, I'd like to get my boarding pass. I just got to go. I don't have any luggage to check. She goes, oh, well, you can't. At 45 minutes, we close this off and you can't get it. You can't print your boarding pass. I go, what? I go, I can get to the gate in 10 minutes. I can easily make the plane. I know this airport. Why can't you do my boarding pass? It's the system shuts down 45 minutes before your flight. It's on our website. That's what I say. I go, well, I, I don't actually read the fine print on the website, but you can't do it. Can I, can you call over a supervisor? So the supervisor comes over and I said, listen, I didn't, it's my mistake. I didn't read the website, but I'm here. I'm going to make my plane. Just can you, I know you can override the system. I uh, know this is on the, this is, a, this is our new rule as, a, as of a year ago. Um, that you can't do this. And I go, well, I know you can override. She goes, have a nice day, sir. Have a nice Ooh, day. I like that. So she just pretty, I like that. pretty much sends me away. So I said, all right. So I go up. I go up to go to my flight, and I go through uh, TSA, but they only want your passport. So I give them my passport. So when I walk down to where my flight's going, I go right to my gate, and I see the lady at the gate. I say, listen, I was a little late. I couldn't print my boarding pass. You have a seat for me on this plane. Can you print me a boarding pass from here? She goes, yeah, sure. No problem. No problem. Yeah, here's your boarding pass for the two flights. Have a nice flight. Get on there. I'm like, are you kidding me? Drove me crazy. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> Well, listen, I mean, some of that, for the most part, for 98% of that, uh, that sounded like a Chris Kitchen problem, not necessarily an airline problem. Well, like, what's the logic in cutting it off? If I don't make my flight, I don't make my flight. It's my own fault, but give me a chance. Give me a, give a chance. chance. Flight. Yeah, uh, or a chance. show up an hour and 20 minutes before your flight. Either one. Or, or just check in online. All I had to do was check in online. Check in online. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Lots of options. All right. That was your long one. So now give us your short one. Short one is um, I might never be going to the U.S. again after this oh. trip because I'm driving my, my parents' car to Florida, <laughs> and I'm going down through the Peace Bridge. And uh, like I've done this 10 years now, I go across the border, and like I said, what do you got? I said, I got, I'm, I've got a car full of stuff. Why do you got a car full of stuff? I bring my, I'm driving my parents' car to Florida, do it every year. Well, what's in the car? He goes, mainly their clothes, stuff Dead like body. that. He goes, oh, have you filled, have you filled out a Form 22 suit, 220754? I go, well, no, I haven't. What is that? She goes, well, you're importing goods that aren't your own. You have to go inside. So I go inside oh. and uh, I meet the customs guy. He goes, yeah, this is what you have to do. You have to get your, you have to get your parents to sign this document. <laughs> I go, well, my parents are not here. They're in Peterborough. No, they're in the trunk. Like, <laughs> I'm like, it's not worth me or I wouldn't have to do this. He goes, well, you just can't bring stuff in for other people to the country. I'm like, he goes, so. Yeah, and you probably just went through Nexus before and done this. You should never do this going through Nexus. I'm like, oh my god. So now I've got to, I got to make a train. I got to get to Florida. So I drive up to the the Nexus only bridge. I cross. I see the customs guy. He goes, what do you, what do you got? I got, I got all the stuff I'm bringing to Florida to my house. He goes, okay, go ahead. <laughs> so yeah. this might be my last. How many states do you want? How many states do you want? Right the two now? custom guys. When the two custom guys talk. Um, yeah. yeah, I might be. I might be. ABB, you could be. Uh, what's that? You could be on Interpol. You could be on Interpol before we know it. I could be. Yeah. I could wow. Be. Okay. Yeah. So, all right, on. Aaron. Drag uh, your parents' quick, card. Quick, quick lesson for you, Aaron. Never travel with Kitch. All right, that's that's a lesson for you on this one. Trust me, I've that's been down. Uh, okay, thank you, Kitch. Uh, Aaron, do you have one for us? Do you want to? Do you want to go back to your original one, like the uh, that we? Or do you want to? You have something else? Well, yeah, I'll just say that like vibes talk, and Fred Van Vliet was the problem. Drives me crazy because it's the roster. 
it's 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 just that simple that you can change the head coach and you can change the starting point guard and you can blame leadership and you can blame bad vibes and maybe that had something to do with the Raptors struggles <laughs> last season but maybe we might look back on last season and say 41 and 41 was incredible for a team as flawed as this Toronto Raptors and last year's Toronto Raptors group seems to be so what drives me crazy is blaming things other than the talent and the players. It's not chemistry. It's not juju. It's not mojo. It is a lack of talent on this Toronto basketball, you know Raptors basketball. That court. might be the first time ever that the words juju and mojo have been used in the same sentence. Wait, Aaron, fire. I, I have to look them up. I have to look, I have to look yeah, them up. Fired up. Aaron. Um, listen, but Aaron, have you, have you followed Freddie so far this early in the season in Houston? Have you seen what's going on down there? I'm sure it's been inconsistent. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it will get better. Uh, listen, I am too. But I this, love it was not Fred's fault. I, I agree. I love Freddie. And I, I think you and I have been aligned on that uh, from the jump. But I'm telling you, I promise you, whatever Houston version of the podcast world is out there for the Rockets, they are questioning the $40 million right now. It has been a rough start for Freddie. But Freddie's my guy. Still wearing the jersey. Still wearing the jersey. All right, listen, quickly for but me. I could, but I, I could pretty much tell you who's sitting back with a great big smile on his face. Is Mr. Nick Nurse? I think he's just grinning ear to ear. Wow. Seeing now that Harden, now that Harden's gone, but uh, it's early. It's early in Philadelphia. Trust me, they're not getting to fifty wins. Um, all right, quickly for me. So, and I've and after the, there's one more to come out. We have a surprise. We have a surprise. What drives you crazy? Guest uh, about to appear. So uh, get, brace yourselves for that. But last night, uh, Aaron, what generation are you? Are you Generation Y X W? The end of millennials. X millennials. So what, what would an eighteen year old be? I don't whatever's whatever's next. Z. Z? X? Z? Right, Z. Let's go with Z. Uh, what drives me crazy is the Gen Z uh, generation, just pretty much in general. Uh, but last night, trying to play cards with a certain member of the Gen Z population. Very, uh, Aaron, are you familiar with Euchre? No. You don't, you don't, you've never heard of the game Euchre? No. Well, now I have multiple <laughs> generations I have problems with. What? You've never heard of the game Euchre? A Bauer? When I say no. Bauer, I don't the, the skate. You think skate when I say Bauer? Johnny? <laughs> oh, gee, well, it's not bad. It's not a bad reference. Uh, okay, this is this is going now. Yeah, now I'm really pissed. Anyways, why don't these younger? So now it's multiple generations. Why don't these multiple generation or these younger generations know how to play cards? It drives me crazy. Aaron, give me a go-to card game that you know how to play that I would want to play with you. Hearts. Oh, okay, not bad. I would play hearts with you, but that's an old person's game, apparently, because nobody in your generation. I guarantee you can't find three other people to play hearts with from your in your peer group. No way. Yeah, might be tough. No might way. Tough. Well, anyways, I tried to do that last night with a certain group. Uh, I was told by a certain member of the Gen Z generation, "Do you know how to play euchre?" Yeah, I know how to play euchre. Well, we sat down, and this idiot for forty-five minutes had absolutely no idea of any rule as it pertained to the game euchre. Uh, so I was very frustrated, and the the real problem I have with it is that I have to love this person uh, unconditionally. And last night it was a huge challenge for me. So younger gens, learn how to play some cards. It's okay. Don't be on your phones. Put your phones down. Talk to people. Ask the opposite sex out or the same sex. I don't give a shit. Do something. Do something. <laughs> so that's what drove me crazy last night. Yeah, right. I, I hear you. They they don't they don't like cards. I think it's hard to transition from Grand Theft Auto to Euchre. I think it's hard to, to bring yourself down. It might be hard just to transition with this, something being in front of your face the entire time. It might be hard to transition from that. Uh, all right, listen, with that, um, 
little special guest coming in. What drives you crazy? Kitsch, you may be familiar with him, Aaron. Uh, you're going to meet the certain Gen Zer. Uh, so I, I to the pod. It's been a while, but well, please welcome back a young Bobby Bart. Bobby, have a seat right here. Do it right, get front and center. Say hi to Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hello. Hello. Yeah, in, in case you guys Hello. don't know, uh, I'm the idiot. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I, well, I, well, yeah. It was one of three. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay. So I'm my. What drives comes from my university experience. I'm not going to say what university I go to, but let's, let, let's just say that we hate Queens. Um, but I'm going to preface this by saying that this class I'm talking about here, it's my favorite class I've ever taken. My prof's great, except for the fact that our exam for it was 6 to 10 p.m. Uh, last Friday um, on Halloween weekend at the best party school in the country. So... Western loves to give us uh, example. Wait, you weren't going to say yeah, it. You weren't going to say it. You just yeah, said it. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Western loves to give us exams from four to five p.m. on Sundays and six to ten p.m. on Fridays that are handwritten. Um, it's not very fun, and then you have psychology the next morning at nine a.m. So it's pretty rough. I'm sure the Western Western professor listening to our podcast is going to. Be very upset no, to hear this. Is, he's great. He's he's not the problem. But the school. Yeah. Well, you, 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 you want to go to yeah. a, I got a top lotch. Could have went to could have went to Brock. Yeah, you know what? Could have went to Brock. Could have went to Guelph. When I had that problem. Now. I'm pretty sure the the prof's not the problem. Yeah, I'll, I'll I can vouch for that. Um, all right, thank you, Bobby. That was well done. Uh, we're we're not going to get a Western sponsorship so. now. Uh, just a, just a you know travesty. What? That prof, by the way, is 22 years old. That's really crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. But I, Does he know how to play cards? Oh, yeah. Bob, that's a good question. I want you to ask him. I want you to ask if he knows how to play Euchre. Um, but, you know, I must admit, Kitch, when we grew up, and Aaron, I don't know about you, but we never had exams on weekends. Like, never. That was a no-go. That was a no-go. Yeah. It was a no-fly zone for exams. Oh, we, we actually, we did on when it was exam times. When, but that was, like, the end of the year and Christmas. Yeah. I don't think on a weekend. I'm I'm confident I never wrote an exam on a weekend. I did on a Saturday for sure. Well, I think we're at the point of the season where Raptors fans would rather listen to exam talk, cards talk, and airport problems than the quality of this offense. (laughs) So maybe for the rest of the year, we will talk about, we will find ways to come up with things to talk about other that are, that are less painful than watching this Raptors half court offense. With that, Aaron, you want to get out of here with AOB? You have anything for us on the AOB front? You have anything coming up in your world? You want what do you want to tell us? I'll just say that Nick Nurse's return. Uh, he got a what seemed like a very brief tribute video. I guess it's weird to come up with highlights for a coach, um, but it was a little awkward. Uh, I don't know if you saw the clip, but Scotty Barnes sort of said like, uh, um, you know, uh, ooh, I guess it was nice to see him. I guess so. That was a little <laughs> awkward. And Nick Nurse was asked if he was disappointed with how it ended in Toronto, and his answer was no which was a weird answer. Now he said that it was probably time for both parties and yada, 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 but let's just say there's no love lost between uh, Nick nurse and this Raptors team. It would right appear now. that's a very accurate statement. Yes. Yes. I agree. Yep. Uh, Kitch, anything it'll be. 
Yeah, I got a quick one here with just following up this. So we did have a big discussion before we started this pod this year that we really have to focus on being positive. That didn't last very long. That only lasted a couple couple weeks, and 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 I don't I don't think I don't think the positivity is still uh, there. Listen, I think, I think, I think, I, well, I'll tell you what, I'm doing my best. I'm really doing my best. <laughs> I think I've been pretty reserved. I think I've been uh, borderline optimistic. You have been. Um, you have been. Yeah. I haven't really thought blow it up yet, even though I'm getting there. Um, all right, for me, listen, last um, thing. Well, and my, my real OB, my real AOB, though, is is rest in peace, Matthew Perry. Uh, Grew up watching Friends. Loved it. Um, sad situation. If you go to go to Wikipedia and read his his history and his history of addictions, holy yeah. cow. That tortured, guy's been through tortured a, soul. A, a torch, tortured soul, yeah. So uh, going to be missed. Great show. Great class. Glad he got better. Aaron, me. Friends, that ring a bell? Not was was more of a Seinfeld guy, oh. but you're, you're setting me up to talk about a, a man who just passed away in a negative fashion. No, so that's, that's move a, on. no, it's not negative. Just I was one, I, your generation I wasn't sure. Like most all these kids, they caught it on Netflix. You weren't, you didn't watch it. Oh, maybe you did watch it as a kid, like on network television. No, all no, all no. Netflix. Uh, yeah, Kitch, that was that was brutal. But it's funny, like he was. It was surprising that he was a name. So I guess it would be for all the friends. Like as soon as that happened, it was like, oh, everyone. Like I was at a party Saturday night. Everyone was like. What? Yeah. Like it sort of stopped everybody in their tracks that he laid up. So yeah. There you go. Who knew? Yeah. Um, all right. Listen, AOB for me, our listeners, our gambling listeners in particular, every Raptors game, we're throwing out a same game parlay, uh, much to Aaron's chagrin. But I want everyone to know I've done it the last two games and I've been two out of three. I've, I've got, oh, I got two, no, I, I got hot. two out of three, meaning I didn't win either bet, but uh, I got two to three. Per, oh. So it's, it's always going to be a three in same game parlay option. So there'll be three portions of the parlay i've hit two out of three portions in both of them so i mean can we, can we do trending. why don't we do a two one then yeah why don't we just do a two game two team two no, game it has parlay. to be three because the odds don't get big enough i'm gonna make it worth everyone's while okay. yeah of course and you can find those on our twitter account Absolutely. borderline raptors that's right and you should follow us while you're there Head over to Instagram after. Follow us, Borderline Raptors, on Instagram, on TikTok. If you have questions, you can email us the old-fashioned way. See, Follow us, rate, review, subscribe, and share it with your friends. See, Let other people know where they can find this see, podcast. Now that's, when I, that's a setup. See how I set you up? Boom. Through the, through the fastball, you knocked it right off. Boom. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, and yes, and that'll be in the intro as well, too. So there we go. We hit them both ends, beginning and the end. All right. Well, the moment... Some of us have been waiting for, not all of us, some of us for sure. Here it is, our new segment, and we'll see how often we do this. We'll see how today goes. But uh, this is going to be a quick five-minute, maybe six, thing goes, things go well, Leafs Corner segment. Uh, and with me is, I, I'll be honest, he's definitely the family expert on the Leafs. Uh, so here he is, young Bobby Bart, who you just heard in What Drives You Crazy. Bobby, say hello, and welcome to Leafs Corner. What's up? So, where do we start? Well, hang on. Well, I'll t- listen. It, but yeah, this is this is how it's going to work. You're just going to follow my lead. Here we go. All right, make it easy, nice and easy. So, tell the audience uh, you've had zero hockey experience. Is that correct? I played roller hockey when I was a kid for a little bit, but that's about it. Okay, so you have zero uh, zero experience on the ice, and you have no real background in ice hockey of any kind. Is that correct? Yeah, that'd be correct. I uh, I can't skate, so. But but to be fair to the kid, uh, he is an avid Leafs follower. He knows more about the Leafs than I do for sure. Uh, he probably knows more about the Leafs 
than I did as a kid. And I followed the Leafs pretty heavily as a kid. So uh, he is up to speed. He's knowledgeable. He could probably name the entire roster. So here we go, Bobby. The Leafs, what are we, uh, eight games in? Are we six and five and three? Eight games in, uh, five, two, and one, which is a marked improvement from our four, four, and two start last year when we played the Ducks and the Sharks in our, in our first 10 games. So it's all a B plus for their start. So why don't we do this? Uh, I did this segment with the guys, but we'll do this a little bit differently because this team's on the up on the upswing. Tell me what you aren't too thrilled with, then tell me what you like, and then tell me what you really like about this team. Uh, I'm thrilled with Joseph Wall. Not thrilled with thrilled thrilled with Ilya Samsonov. Um, the defense is always going to be a, a, a question for this team. I love that Austin Matthews has seven goals in eight games. Um, yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll try this again. Let's go in order this time. Let's just, so what don't you hear? I'll, I'll break it down. We'll go, I'll speak a little slower. Um, what don't you like about this team and why? Uh, I don't like the start that our quote unquote starting goaltender, Ilya Samsonov has done the first three starts of the season. Well, is it fair to say he's no longer, uh, our starter? It's trending that way. I don't think Sheldon Key was, has quite uh, given up on him just yet, but it's it's getting close. All right. So we said we talked about Wall being our starter and that you like, but outside of Wall, what would you say has been your biggest surprise uh, in a positive way on this team? Uh, surprise? Either John Klingberg or Matthew Nyes. Matthew Nyes is a young stud. He's got a bunch of points and two goals in his first eight games, and they're talking about him being the next the next big thing around town. So I like that. Okay, I like that. Now, what do uh, well is Wall is Wall your answer for the uh, what you like has surprised you that we like the most about this team? It's definitely surprised me, and I think all of Toronto fans the most that the the dude is a. He's really good. And he's re- he's been really good. He's starting tonight versus the Kings. So we will see. But yeah, it's trending that he's going to be the starter. He's 23 years old, I think. Second round pick. Uh, and he, there. everybody who talks about him has nothing but good things to say about him. Well, including you. Look at that. Yeah, it's high praise. Um, glaring weakness on this team. Our third pair defenseman of a 40-year-old who's the or- oldest player in the league and Mark Giordano and the statistically worst defenseman in the league in John Klingberg. Um, but he's actually been okay. He's yeah, he's like, I'm talking about last year. How he was, but he, he's been, a, he's been okay, but this team's not going to win a Stanley cup with a 40 year old defenseman as our, in, in our uh, third pair. So I think we're one or two defensemen away. But don't you think, Bobby, that's sort of been the case for the last, I don't know, five or six seasons that that the, uh, I mean, look at how many, we got to be uh, one of the league leaders in goals uh, given up so far this season. It seems like we've got to score five or six goals a game to, to, uh, uh, in order to win games. Uh, and then the days that we're not scoring, uh, we're kind of getting run over. So uh, if it's, if it defense is the, is the biggest issue, how do we solve it? What, what would you do? Uh, well, that's the tough question because you don't want to get rid of Nylander because he's p- playing like he's the best player in the entire league right now. Uh, Tavares has had a g- really good start. So there's not much that you can do except for deal your draft picks that you don't have because Kyle Dubas decided that he wanted to pay these four guys 11, 
million bucks each. So it's a tough question, but I mean, I guess you're going to have to sell the farm. Uh, guys like Nick Robertson and maybe even Fraser Minton to get you a solid one or two defensemen who can honestly bring this team to being a true cup contender. All right. Last question before we talk about uh, one of the big events from last week that we had as a family uh, and re- and related to hockey. Uh, what's the ceiling for this team? A cup win. I'm going to sound like every other Toronto fan right now, but yes, it's a cup win. If Joseph Wall can play the way he's playing, get Samsonov back to where he's been in the past and don't have our defense collapse, I honestly believe that this team is good enough to win a cup. But you know we can only play one goalie at a time, right? You just talked about how both goalies have to play. like, But we can only play one. Now listen, I don't watch a ton of hockey anymore, but correct me around. It's still only one goalie. Is that correct? Yeah, but if you look at Boston, they got, they got two of the best goalies in the entire league. That's carried them to an 8-0-1 start. So I would take that. It, it's, it's always good to have two as opposed to one. All right, all right, that's fine. That's fine. All right. All right. Well, listen, Bobby, I think that's a pretty good recap, uh, eight games into the season. So uh, maybe we will do this again. But before we go, why don't we tell everyone about the big family event? Well, I shouldn't say family because your mother doesn't know about it. But um, we had a big, almost a really big week last week. So last week, all 16 teams were playing at the same time. And I got a text from my son who was supposedly studying for his uh, midterms out of nowhere saying he wanted to put together a 16 game parlay for myself uh his brother and obviously himself uh we were putting five dollars each on it which so we're clear neither one of them have a betting account so the five dollars actually was fifteen dollars just for me but we did it and it was fifteen dollars to pay one hundred and sixty five thousand dollars that would have been the winnings had the 16 gamer all money line parlay hit so bobby you want to tell uh, the audience what happened yeah so ended up getting 13 out of 16 correct uh including the first eight um detroit killed it they lost to the seattle cracking which is which is very disappointing after they came back in the third period it gave a glimmer of hope and then i got edmonton versus minnesota wrong which in hindsight it was a terrible pick because edmonton is in shambles right now and then i thought that the that the blackhawks would somehow beat the bruins but 13 out of 16 is not not too bad. Uh, I did see an Instagram post on ESPN where someone did actually win, um, which was crazy. But yeah, not bad. Um, well, just just so we're clear, so the, in case there's any non-gamblers in the audience, uh, thirteen out of sixteen pays the same amount as zero out of sixteen. And then, but I agree. Listen, the first eight, I listen. I got excited. We won the first eight. I'm like, oh, I could be up all night watching this. Uh, and then, like you said, Detroit. Down three one going to the third comes back to t- to knot it up uh, at four all and then overtime they lose it and then that was it but it saved me you know saved me probably three hours with the sleep so uh, it wasn't it wasn't all lost to me but yeah that was a fun it was a fun family moment probably a terrible parenting uh, example but it was a fun family moment so there we go yeah it's a good thing mom is not an avid listener uh, otherwise it might not be too good. Good point. And has no access to the gambling account. All right. Listen, Bobby, well done. Uh, any final, any thoughts, final thoughts for the audience uh, on, or indoor for Leafs Nation? Not really. Just uh, as, the, as we say every year, this is our year. 
All right. Well, with that, that concludes uh, this version of Leafs Corner, and that concludes the pod. So I know Kitch already said it once. We'll probably edit that out. Uh, if we don't, you're going to hear it again. Take it away, Kawhi. Kawhi up top. Looks at the clock. Turns the corner for the win. Ha, 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 ha.